Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The radio home of the Buffalo Sabres, live from KeyBank Center. This is the Post Game Show on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. 4-3 Florida, your final as we welcome you back to KeyBank Center. Brian Cozio with you here along the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. A feisty performance by both teams here today, getting under each other's skin Lots of penalties, lots of whistles, lots of chirping at each other along the way, and it didn't even end after the final horn. After the teams greeted their goaltenders, they went back toward their own benches, and then normally there's the exits. Well, both teams just kept staying out there on the ice, standing, looking at each other, yelling at each other, the officials in between it the whole time, trying to get the teams to go into their respective dressing rooms, and well, eventually after what seemed like over a minute's worth of them yelling at each other, uh, Buffalo and Florida now in the rooms, and a 4-3 Florida victory. Buffalo dropping its first of the season, going to 0-1. And, boy, the Panthers, for me, I thought, 1-1, rather. Uh, the Sabres, for me, uh, this Panthers, rather, for me, was a team last year I thought super likable. They played up-tempo, super exciting, a lot of goals, was rooting for them in the playoffs. Uh, today, a different Panther team for sure. They are in your face. They are doing some uh, stuff behind the whistle. And you welcome Matthew Kachuk into the room, and uh, I think you get a lot of that. All of a sudden, Rad Kogudis is uh, suddenly more noticeable doing his antics. And uh, the Panthers, I think, uh, will find themselves having some new rivals in this division with Boston and Tampa and Toronto and others. Uh, we were quickly looking. When do these two teams play again? Not for a while. Not until January, the middle of January on the 16th back here in Buffalo. I was thinking, would we see it uh, get going again? All right, let's go to the room. Live reaction. Here's Zemgis Gergensens with Paul Hamilton. 
Thought we had him, Brian. I did say that, uh, but unfortunately he did go in. Let me see if this is him coming back. No, it's not, so I'm going to have to throw it back to you for a moment. Okay, no problem. We'll get uh, back to the room here in just a moment. Sabres fall by a score of 4-3. to three. Yeah, These two teams won't play again until the middle of January, but I uh, was thinking maybe uh, if it was on the schedule rather quickly, we could see some carryover. But, man, this Florida team, we know they're loaded with talent, and you saw it on display uh, Buffalo, again, not a perfect game. Florida took advantage, but uh, quite a bit of time on the power play today. All right, let's go down to the room. Gergensen's now with Paul. Thank you, Brian. Zemgis uh, certainly wasn't from a lack of effort. I mean, the effort was there. It just seemed like at times you guys were out of sync with the puck. Uh, what were the pros and cons of that game, did you think? Um, yeah, you know, definitely there was uh, some ups and downs in the game. Uh, I think we came out a little slow. You know, they, they had the best of us at the start, but... I think we responded well. I think that was a good sign, and all the way till the end, you know, we uh, we stuck together. Um, I mean, their power play came up on top of our, us, and uh, I think that was a, a bit of a difference maker. Is that just you guys got to stay out of the penalty box when you're playing a team like that? I think you, they had five power plays. Yeah, I mean, any good team uh, that's at the top, top of the standings, uh, uh, they usually have a good power play, so you want to stay out of the box. Third period, it seemed like they put on a clinic on how to just try to shut you guys down. It looked like you guys were getting frustrated trying to get get some zone time and getting into in, into the offensive zone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't feel it too much. I think it was uh, more just uh, us playing a little bit, maybe uh, disconnected. Uh, and it's something we can work on. Uh, you know, it's a game too, so uh, it's uh, something we definitely got to work on, and it's a good lesson uh, for us. Eric playing in front of him the way he handles himself and I think it was outstanding today. I mean, he made huge saves for us uh, in the first period. I think uh, it could have been way different if he uh, didn't stand tall in that. One huge positive was uh, two different times you guys scored within about a minute after they did. Uh, a good response on two different times. Uh, once they had scored, you guys came back. Yeah, no, I think that was a that was a good takeaway from today's game was uh, how we responded uh, all the way till the end. You know, guys, we we. We were in it till the end. Uh, we thought we were going to tie it, so uh, that's a great attitude. Talk about the play JJ made on your goal. You know, it was funny. He, uh, before we went out there, he told me to get ready uh, for the puck, so uh, I kind of knew it was coming. Uh, I mean, it was an amazing play behind the, by, behind the back from him. Thank you, Zemgis. Thank you. Zemgis Gergensen's on the post game. Brian, back to you. Thank you, Paul. Gergensen scoring his first of the season, uh, Buffalo's second goal of the game, which made it a 2-2 margin. Uh, that after Matthew Kachuk had just scored at 1809, uh, then Gergensen's came back at 1851. So 42 seconds later, Buffalo able to respond. And uh, we've seen that a couple of times in this game, as, as Gergensen's mentioned. Kachuk gives Florida a 2 1 lead, and then they respond and then did it again later. Alex Tuck now, live in the room with Paul. This kind of game, and you guys battled, and you just come up one short. Yeah, um, I think at times we uh, let the game get away from us a little bit. Uh, a couple too many penalties. They got one of the best power plays in the league, if not the best. So we got to make sure that we're dialed in on the penalty kill, but also not taking any penalties. So I think that took us out of the game a little bit. Uh, runes of rhythm. We want to go just one, two, three, four lines right at a time. So runes of rhythm a little bit. But I thought we were we had a good pushback. I, I really thought we did. I thought we had a lot of effort uh, from a lot of different guys. I think. Um, like I said, just got away from us a little bit, but you know what? It's a good learning experience, especially for the young guys. Play a team that good, 4-3, I think is a good step. I think last year would've, we would have probably sat back a little bit, and it's different. 
definitely felt different. You know the dynamic of what Matthew Kuchuk brings when he was in Calgary. I mean, how does he change them, and what was that like for your team dealing with him all day out there? Yeah, I know Chucky. I played with him at the U.S. program. He was a year below me. I've seen him, watched him, um, you know, the family. So it's, you know what, that's the type of hockey he's going to play. I knew it. You, you know what, it's something that he wants to bring to the table, and uh, I'd say a lot of us don't really uh, want to give him the time of day, but sometimes you got to stick up for your teammates. So, you know what, sometimes it's good, and then other times, you know what, just let him kind of run around out there and take himself out of the play sometimes. So uh, don't try to put too big of an emphasis on one guy in particular. So we just got to play hard, stick up for each other, and you know, we'll play the right way, and I think it'll take care of itself. And that's what you said about your, uh, your last comment about the young guys is responding and how important it was early. Uh, two games in the division and the way you guys have played and responded, how important, you know, moving forward the game. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll see it. They'll see the rivalry start, uh, once, especially when we play a team like Toronto. There's already, uh, pro- there was already some heat last year. It's going to carry over into this year, and you'll see the, the young guys will be at the front end, end of that. So it'll be good. It'll be good for them to see the battle each and every night. It's a long season. So you have to pace yourself, but at the same time, you got to go in and battle really hard. Uh, from drop of the puck all the way to the last whistle, I thought we came out a little bit hesitant at first. Um, but it's a growing experience, and we'll be better next time. In the third, it looked like Florida really tried to take the time and space away from you guys and maybe even cause a little bit of frustration, possibly, as you guys tried to get into the zone and get the tying goal. Yeah, they played more of a trap game. Um, I'd say in, in the offensive zone, they were just trying to get pucks in the net. and the defensive zone, they were trying to rim pucks out, flip pucks out, not let us get to a forecheck. And, I mean, that's a t- that's the type of hockey that I know they're they're learning over there, and we're trying to learn to, to uh, beat over here. So it's – and it goes the other way, too. If last night in Ottawa, we were trying to play more of a trap game against the Senators and or two nights ago and trying to uh, protect a lead. So we got to learn to try to break that and really get more pucks, more bodies to the net, and just – it's work. It's, it's all it is, and sometimes the puck might b- bounce one way or another, but if all 20 guys are going, we'll have more success for sure. Alex, what do you think about you – know, it's early in the year, and Don's going to shuffle the lines, but he put you back up with Tage and Skinner. I mean, just trying to get a little different look. We have 14 forwards that are interchangeable on this team, can play all the way up and down the lineup. I think we have a lot of guys with a lot of skill and a lot of grit and a lot of work ethic, and it doesn't matter who you're playing with. You don't have to change the way you're playing, and he's just looking to shuffle it up to give different looks to play against different defensemen and different forwards on the other team as well. So, um, you know what? I, I We had talks, and I know he's going to do it. It's no surprise to me, and it should be no surprise to anyone else. It's going to be switched up because, like I said, we got a lot of guys that have a lot of skill, and it's, it's going to be whoever's going is going to play the most. And... Uh, you just got to come in and work hard and do your job. On your goal, right before the goal, you would have had a good chance, and then Henry finds you with the pass. What did you think about the way he just was able to look up ice and find it in his stride? Oh, it was great. It was great. I was uh, I was screaming, and as soon as I screamed, I saw his head pop right up, so I knew just to take off. So he um, he feathered it up there nicely to me, put me right in stride, so I didn't have to break stride, and I uh, saw the defenseman go down, just got my breakaway opportunity, so felt good, felt good. Thank you, Alex. Alex, talk on the post game. Brian, back to you. Okay, Paul, thank you. Tuck getting his first goal of the season. That opened the scoring in this game at 10.35, his first of the season. Uh, Yoki Haru and Comrie assisting on that goal. Gergensen's later, and then Darlene, but Buffalo one short. 4-3 to three is the final. All right, we at this point are going to say goodbye to our local affiliates. If you want to keep listening to the post game, you can go to WGR550.com or listen in on the Odyssey app. 
for all of you on our flagship in Buffalo on WGR Sports Radio 550. More postgame coming up. We'll have Don Granado's postgame comments. We'll get Paul Hamilton's take. We'll get you scores from around the busy sports Saturday. Final score here from downtown Buffalo. Sabres fall 4-3 to three. up next Edmonton on Tuesday. More coming up from KeyBank Center. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Welcome back to downtown Buffalo, KeyBank Center, Sabres postgame show on the air. Brian Colzio with you, 4-3 Florida victorious. We're waiting for head coach Don Granato and his live postgame comments. will take you there live as soon as he steps to the podium. For now, though, highlights from this one. Buffalo getting on the board first, 10-35 mark of period one. Alex Tuck going hard to the net. Buck dribbles down onto Comrie. He'll play it to the corner. Tuck wants it up the right side. He likes his play. Tuck behind the defense back and scores! Tucks first from Yoki Haru and Comrie. 10.35 into the game, 1-0 Buffalo. After that, just a little less than four minutes later, Colin White scoring on a slap shot on a one-timer in the slot. That made the game 1-1. And then Matthew Kachuk getting his second of the season after Tage Thompson turned it over on the Buffalo end at 18.09. Florida had its first lead late in the first, but just 42 seconds later, Sabres able to answer as Paterka, Drop pass beautifully for Zemgis Gergensens. As Verhege's going to pressure Darlene, who will skate it out. Pass on the left wing side. Gergensens trailing, takes the drop pass, scores! The big Z, Zemgis Gergensen ties it at two. Nice shot from Gergensens and a nice pass from Paterka. Darlene drawing the other assist. It was 2-2 after one. We go into the second, another power play opportunity for Florida. They take advantage. Eric Ekblad scoring on a wrister, his first of the year at 231. That made it a 3-2 Florida lead. And then a moment in the game, I'm sure you could say a key spot. The Sabres look like they're about to tie it. Jeff Skinner robbed by Spencer Knight. Darlene comes down. Nice feed. Paterka holds it inside. Thompson to his back and far post. Oh, my goodness. Spencer Knight. Knights out over at that far post with that save as he robs the Sabres on what looked to be a for sure game-tying goal from Skinner. So Knight with the save of the game there brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. Okay, we're going to get back to the highlights. Don Granado is now live at the podium. Let's take we you there live. We stayed on objective. I think if you go to frustrated, you'd, we took a lot of penalties in the game. They weren't frustration penalties. They were, uh, But toward the end of the game, if we're looking at specifically the third period, Love our compete out of our guys. I mean, our guys played with a chip, uh, and they played hard, and I loved, loved that response. Uh, obviously, they're a good team. I think the, the real issue today was we, we, we started a little bit late as far as the, the ultra-competitiveness. Uh, we didn't initiate enough early, but we started to initiate more as the game went along. We responded, uh, which is key, especially with where we're at, being, being as young as we are. Um, you know, regaining an identity and, and uh, the, the compete, and I loved that response. I thought this was an outstanding, outstanding game two to have uh, with a with a level uh, this competitive, and showed a lot out of our guys. It's exactly what we needed, and it's the best way to get better. Don, you were 
non against that team a lot of the time last year. I mean, how different the game in April was obviously last minute, but how different was this game? Like you said, the pushback against Kachuk and the fact you did keep battling through it. Yeah, it, it, lots of signals, Mike, to me that our guys uh, will not settle for not being better than the than the team across the ice, and I love that. We are very capable. We're young, uh, but you know to see Darlene and, and uh, Tuck and just guys elevate uh, and. It's, it's acclimated to another level within within the NHL, and our guys are determined to do it. I uh, can't wait to play that team again. Um, and and I know that, uh, you know, again, that, that there's a fire in our guys that's that burned, burned uh, hotter every moment in that game. So uh, lots of uh, great opportunity for us to look at that film uh, and see stuff that we left on the table uh, that we could have done. What to expect when Kachuk goes on the ice? How different does he change that team and the whole division? Of the fact he's in this division now, and everybody's going to, you know, deal with him. I don't know if it's. Uh, I mean, he. I, I've had Matthew Kachuk for a couple of years, but it's for us. You know, he's a competitive guy. He he's in. You know, when you get ultra competitive guys, uh, you're forced to respond uh, like you are, and. That's the key for, for us is I think today in times we had to respond, but we have guys that will start initiating now based on now going through something like that. Uh, one time pisses them off enough that they won't have to respond. Uh, we've got a lot of guys that will, will be initiating uh, more and more, and that's part of acclimating, getting back into the season, the flow of the regular season. Uh, so I loved it. I love it. You know, we got a lot of guys that uh, – uh, are quite pissed off about the outcome of that game. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll shift away from any one player and say what it is is a collective, uh, you know, surge within within our group here uh, to win. And that was evident standing behind the bench for me. Eric, what, what level of concern do you have, though, or what can this team take out of the fact that they really shut you down in the third period, limited you to five shots? John, I honestly have no concern. I have 100% confidence in the competitiveness of our guys. That's things that happen tonight just piss them off, and, uh, and and I like that. That's what that's that's the that's what I like about our group. So, uh, we, do we have to get better, make improvements, learn from it? Yes, but uh, from the competitive standpoint, uh, that, that's I saw nothing but good signs. Signs I'm very comfortable with. He was awesome. He was good. The whole, you know, uh, dialed in, competitive again. Um, things didn't bother him, um, and he plowed through. So a lot of conviction. Played with conviction, and uh, that that shows experience. I mean, he's he's got a, he's got a level of experience. You know, being being a little bit older, especially within our group, he's he's an older guy and uh, more experienced guy, and it, it showed through today. Tuck was really going a lot of that game. You've got him back up with Skinner and Thompson. You just we know you're going to shuffle things up, but what were you trying to do in this game, making that move? Yeah, I think just the way it lined up, uh, matched up, I thought, better against certain personnel that was going out against each other. And Tuck was in a groove. Uh, Victor was too, and I didn't, I didn't think Victor shifting to the other line would, would affect anything negatively. And so I thought it might be a boost uh, to both. And, uh, but it was watching rotations, line rotations tonight, uh, pairings on D uh, to try to see if 
you, you know, we could, uh, um, there was something, you know, to take advantage of, and I uh, didn't mind it. But Coach, you, Tucker was good. Coach, can you uh, expound on what you expect your power play to look like? It's a, it's a, it's well today's, you know there were some broken power plays. Uh, first game there, were, you know we 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 gripped our stick. we were a little frustrated on the power plays. It'll that'll all settle in. And you know it's early. Uh, I think the, the the game we played the other day, the power play unit hadn't played in ten days, and it looked like they hadn't played in ten days. And then today they fight it against a a team that's for the most part killers that have been together for quite some time. So. Uh, it, it'll be a natural process to get to where they feel good, and uh, that'll that'll happen. Don, you mentioned the slow start competitively tonight. Kind of the same story we got in a little bit with that Ottawa game Thursday. Just two games in the season. Yeah. How the slow start? Yeah, I, I don't think it was a slow start. Not. I don't apologize. I don't mean to cut you off. I don't think it was a slow start. I think they they came out and threw their A game. Uh, it caught us, you know, uh, with some pressure and and. But the fight and the compete was ready out of the get-go. We just didn't acclimate the pace right away. Uh, so, you know, I, I won't say slow start. Um, if it was a slow start, we would have been down by four at the end of first. Uh, we had to do some things to weather, you know, some pressure by them. But I thought our guys did that did that pretty darn well uh, in response until we could get to our game. Uh, so, by no means uh, did I did I say or intend to say slow start. They they. They pushed pretty hard. We had to, we had to reacclimate a bit. But uh, I, I like some of the things we did, even when we were, you know, felt a little, we weren't as smooth as we needed to be out of the gate. Okay, that is Sabers head coach Don Granado following a four to three Florida victory, and uh, you can continue the uh, questions about facing uh, Matthew Kachuk again. These two teams won't play again until the middle of January, so. This storyline will go away, but it may come back. I'm sure the rest of the teams in the Atlantic will have it too as uh, he comes over from Calgary in that big trade of the offseason. All right, let's uh, before we get to Paul Hamilton and the scores, let's uh, finish off our highlights here. We we left you before we went to Don Granado with the big save from Spencer Knight. I mean, if that goes in, obviously maybe we're having a different conversation or we're watching overtime or a shootout right now. Florida, though, getting the game winner here. 17:45, late second period, Brandon Montour with – Another power play goal for the Panthers. Sabres for a brief second, really only three in the play there as Thompson went to the bench and then in front off a skate, they score! Comrie thought he had it, but it went off a skate. All right, so Montour with his first from Kachuk and Barkov on the power play. Uh, there were four Sabres in the crease there with the goalie, and just Buffalo could not get on it. Montour finds it and puts it home. Game winner right there, play of the game, brought to you by NOCO. Delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. Sabres, though, before the period ends, another quick response. Tuck with a nice move to set up Rasmus Dahlin for his second of the year. Alex Tuck down to the corner. Gives Gudis a little bump. Alex Tuck, nice move off the wall. For Dahlin, scores! You're looking for some fight in your team. You find 26 when he's down there, and he'll show you. Buffalo back within one. Tuck setting up Darlene for his second in 1901. 4-3 the score. That was what we were after two. No scoring in the third, and it ends up a 4-3 to three final. 
Shots in the third. Well, you heard some of the questions about it. Buffalo only managing five, 27 in the game. Florida with 37. Power play struggling again for Buffalo, 0 for 4. Uh, Florida, 2 of 6. And Spencer Knight gets the win. 27 shots, 24 saves. Eric Comrie, I thought pretty good in the loss. 33 saves on 37 shots. Your stats of the game brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Your three stars, Comrie star three, Barkoff star two, and Kachuk star number one. Matthew Kachuk, he's the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town BMW for an electrifying performance. Check out Town BMW's line of EVs. The attendance today announced at KeyBank Center was 11,481. The Sabres will head out west and face the Edmonton Oilers. Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle all on the way, but Edmonton up first at 9 o'clock on Tuesday night. Okay, before we get to the scores, let's bring in Paul Hamilton now. He's down in the locker room, media room. And, uh, Paul, a uh, third period, the Sabres definitely gave it a good effort, but not a ton of good scoring opportunities to try to tie it up. Well, that was an absolute clinic by Florida in that third period and how to shut down a team. Uh, They just gave the Sabres no room at all, whether they were trying to get into the zone or no matter what they were trying to do, there was just no room at all to to be able to get in. I mean, they didn't get the goaltender pulled to, what, about 30, 40 seconds left, and they probably would have wanted to do it two minutes before that. Uh, And it wasn't from lack of effort. You're right. I mean, they kept plugging away at it. They kept trying. Um, and, you know, they just couldn't get anything anything going in the offensive zone. They got one good chance. It was a very short five-on-three. Krebs came through, and usually Peyton Krebs won't miss this. Uh, on the Out the other side, he had, I don't remember if it was Darlene or Power, wide open with his stick cocked, and usually he'll make that pass and put it right on the stick, and, and it would have been a wide-open chance, but he took the puck to the net. You know what? Taking the puck to the net is never a bad thing to do. Um, it's just with Peyton Krebs, he usually has eyes in the back of his head and will see that and, and get it over to the open man on a five-on-three like that. Honestly, that might have been their only chance of the period. Um, and as I said, it wasn't because the Sabres were, weren't hustling or weren't doing what they were trying to do. It's just Florida totally locked it down. They did it perfectly and really just gave the Sabres no ice at all to get set up into the offensive zone. It wasn't like Florida was going for goals either. I mean, they were just basically saying, we're going to lock this down, and you're not going to get near our goaltender. Paul Hamilton with us here on the postgame. Florida giving the Sabres their first defeat of the season now, 1-1. Western Canada trip up next. But let's talk a little bit more about this one here, Paul. How about Eric Comrie in his Sabres debut? 37 shots, so he was busy. Yeah, he had to make some good saves right off the bat uh, while the Sabres are trying to find their game. Um, Don Granado doesn't want to say it, and I'll just say I will respectfully disagree. His team started off slow, it, and it wasn't – he's right. The one thing he's right about, it wasn't because they weren't competing or anything like that, or, you know, they, they, that wasn't the problem. They were just they, – they were mishandling the puck. Uh, their puck management was very poor at, at that point in the game. Uh Florida absolutely did have their A game going to start off like that and came at the Sabres hard. Um, it was just the Sabres, uh, you know, had some puck problems and they couldn't get it out of the zone and get it going the other way. That changed as the period went on. I thought they, they did better as the period went on. It made me laugh when Tuchuk decided, uh, you know, he, there was a scrum going on and he decided to, to break off that scrum and go after Darlene. All, that's, all that does is make 
Darlene upset and make him play better. Uh, you're better off leaving Darlene alone than you are trying to make him mad. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm sure <laughs> John Grinnell, yeah, sure, go, go at him. Get him, get him mad, you know, and, and, and that'll just and look at Darlene scored a nice goal. And uh, even at the end of the game, Darlene was, wasn't having it. You know, he, he wanted to keep keep that going again. And, you know, I'm not in the room after the game until for a little bit, but Don Granato is, and he says they were upset. They were mad. And they want, they want to play that team again because, uh, you, you know, they want to – they want to initiate some things against that team, and they never back down from Tuchuk or anything. So today had nothing to do with bad effort or anything like that. There was always effort. There was always compete. It's just a good hockey team, and yeah. a good hockey team that you gave, what, six power plays to? Basically five. The sixth didn't last long. Um, and they scored on two of them. That's kind of the difference in the game when you look at it. Uh you know, Buffalo couldn't get their power play going. They're really going to have to work on their entries. Their entries are horrendous right now, but it's also early in the season. They will work on that and uh, they get better at that. But, uh, the, you know, that's the difference. Buffalo took too many penalties. I wouldn't categorize them as dumb penalties. I, I didn't – I don't even think of one of them that I said to myself, well, that was a dumb penalty. Why did you do that and type of a thing? But still, when you're playing Florida, you can't be sitting in the penalty box giving them five, six power plays. And, Paul, we could be having a different conversation if Spencer Knight somehow just is a regular human being against Jeff Skinner. <laughs> if, I mean, they, he absolutely robbed him with the glove. If that goes in, it's at least 4-4, and maybe the third is different, and maybe there's overtime. Well, he looked like he was out of position, and he flew over there. And if you watch the replay closely, Skinner just shot in his glove. Um, he, it wasn't like he had to. He moved his glove to make the save. He he came flying across definitely, and but it, it, at the end of the day, there was half the net there, and Skinner just shot in his glove, and it was just uh, you know I'm not blaming Jeff or anything like that. I mean, at the time he got the puck, I don't think he even th- thought Knight was going to get across, and he did, and uh, so instead of having the whole wide open net, he had maybe three quarters or half an empty net. But, uh, that, you know, that puck goes in. Who knows what kind of a different game we might be talking about. So, uh, And the other thing, you know, I really liked is two different times Florida scored and Buffalo came back right away. One was, what was it, 42 seconds, I believe, and the other one was just over a minute, I think, where they responded with a goal of their own after Florida scored. But, again, the two power play goals, I think, were just too much to handle. 42 seconds the response the first time and then a minute 16 the second time so yeah those are some good response times there by the sabers okay paul let's finish with what's next four games western canada and seattle coming up uh edmonton is what leads it all off yeah it's a good trip for them uh get out there on the road uh they remember that game in calgary calgary is playing so well last year and the sabers won it in overtime one to nothing when the Calgary yep. goaltender gave it away and Thompson had got the puck in a wide-open net. And that was after a really bad game. I think it was in Edmonton the game before. And then they came back and played a great game in Calgary. So, uh, you know, that they've been doing okay out west lately. So it's, it's going to be a good test for them, and I'm anxious to see it. Okay, Paul, thank you so much. Enjoy the Bills game tomorrow. We will chat Tuesday with the Sabres and the Oilers. Sounds good. Take care. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton here on our postgame as uh, Buffalo falls to Florida by a 4 
to three margin. Injury report next, brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Uh, no major injuries of news from this game, which is good. Matias Samuelson did take a puck in the face in the first period, had to clean some blood off the ice, but he did return and played his usual minutes. He uh, was out there for 27 shifts today, 20 minutes and 36 seconds. Uh, Darlene leading the way with ice time, not a surprise. He played almost 26 minutes in this game, 25-49 to lead all players on both sides in this one. All right, let's see what's going on in the rest of the National Hockey League as we go around the NHL now. There is just one other game going on this afternoon, and they are in Philadelphia. The Canucks have a one to nothing lead on the Flyers, that one with 14 minutes to go in period number one. Okay, the night games coming up tonight. Bruins are at home for the Coyotes. Devils hosting the Red Wings. Montreal is in Washington. The Capitals are 0-2. Toronto is going to be without Matt Murray, so we'll see what happens with their goaltending situation tonight. They face Ottawa at 7 o'clock. Lightning and Penguins at 7. Anaheim is in Long Island to take on the Islanders. Columbus at St. Louis at 8, as are the Kings in the Wild from Minnesota, and the Stars hosting the Predators. And 10 p.m. games, Vegas is in Seattle, and Chicago is in San Jose, and the Battle of Alberta with Calgary and Edmonton. All right, baseball scoreboard now. The Phillies trying to finish off the Braves today. They are in the sixth inning, and Philadelphia with a 4-2 lead on Atlanta. They're just underway in Seattle, the Mariners and the Astros. Nothing-nothing in Game 3 there. Later tonight, the ALDS in Cleveland. Indians are hosting the Yankees, and at 9.37, the Padres could finish off the Dodgers. They have a 2-1 series lead as uh, San Diego and L.A. meet that one, 9-37. So all four Major League Baseball games uh, or Major League Baseball series going at it today. College football, locally UB with a 34-7 win at UMass. The Bulls have won four in a row. They are now 4-3 and three overall on the season. Biggest game of the day in top 25 action at Tennessee right now. They're... Late of the first quarter, the Volunteers with a 14-7 lead on number three, Alabama. Other matchups of ranked teams, number 13, TCU at home against number eight, Oklahoma State. The Cowboys a 14-7 lead right now at the end of the first quarter. Early second quarter in Syracuse, number 18, Syracuse with a 10-3 lead on number 15, NC State. Later tonight, number 16, Mississippi State is at number 22, Kentucky. Uh, number seven, USC is at number 20, Utah. Number 5, Michigan, a 41-17 win over number 10, Penn State. Lance Leipold and Kansas ranked 19th. They lose at Oklahoma in a wild game, 52-42. to uh, Number 22, Texas, beating Iowa State, 24-21. So there's your NHL, Major League Baseball, and college football. Our score, Florida 3, excuse me, Florida 4, Buffalo 3. The Sabres are now 1-1. One and one. Our next broadcast will be next Tuesday, 9 p.m. in Edmonton, 8 o'clock pregame. Sabres against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I'll have the pregame for you, and then, of course, we'll hand things off to Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray with the play-by-play. And with that, we're going to say goodbye here from KeyBank Center this afternoon. want to thank our crew, Corey Griswold, back in our Amherst studios, our network producer. Thank you, Corey. The team here at KeyBank Center. Pat Malacaro, Jonathan Colziel, Paul Hamilton down to the dressing room. Thank you, guys. 
our engineer, Tom Maddy, and our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. My name is Brian Colziel. Final score, again, Florida 4, Buffalo 3. We will talk to you Tuesday with the Sabres in Edmonton, right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.